Welcome to the December 19th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, and the sermon is entitled, Peace and Goodwill Toward You, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. Here we are, the week of Christmas, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Here we are. And this morning we come to church, and whether you are here in person or joining us by streaming or even an FM signal out in the parking lot, we are in the right place as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ today as we get ready for his birthday in this week that is to come. I'm so thankful that we worship together. You know, sometimes I do look at the Christmas season, especially at the 1st of December, And I see the busyness of the month that is stretching out before us, although it is a very fast month. Uh, Here we are on the 19th. The month is slipping by quickly. And yet we see at the 1st of December an ocean of activities, church-related, yes, but also otherwise as well, the activities of our life. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. I love the busyness of Christmas I love the Christmas music. I love the lights and the trees of the season. I love to get out and drive through town and look at the decorations around the city. Uh, I love the music on the radio from Old Holy Night to rocking around the Christmas tree. I love, in fact, I even learned rocking around the Christmas tree on the guitar this year. Uh, I, I love presents. I love too much food. I love all the things. I love the excitement of the children. One of the greatest things about being a grandfather is winding up your grandsons as tight as they can go on Christmas. I love to spoil them. But listen, I've got a confession to make. I even have come to like the mushy Hallmark movies. (laughs) Oh, he's leaving us now. Colton May says, turn in your man card. (laughs) You know those movies, don't you? You know those movies. I know many of you watch them. That's uh, this couple, you know, they meet at Christmas, and Christmas Town is so beautiful. And they, they, through the progress of the movie, they fall in love. And you cannot turn off the movie until that one predictable last kiss. You know, don't you? Many of you men know, and you won't tell me you know, but I know you do. It's a busy season. It's a busy season. It's a sea of activity, and that's Christmas in our world. It's a sea of activity. But, but, here's where so much of the world misses the point. Here's where much of the world doesn't get what Christmas really is. In the middle of all that sea of activity... There's an island of holiness. And we have to come to that place to celebrate what Christmas is really about. We need to come to that place that is holy and pray and hear God's word and meditate on the scripture of how Jesus Christ came to us, coming that we might be saved. The God of the universe taking on flesh, the God of the universe incarnate, that we might be given the opportunity to be forgiven of sin. So congregation, I want to remind you today that we are streaming now across the United States of America and into other nations of the world. 
Our message thus far has had over 2 million hits on the Internet. <laughs> Little country, you told me that in 1982, I've laughed in your face. But we have over 20,000 likes on Facebook. It's amazing what's happening as the message of Jesus Christ is going from here to out there. And we need to pray that God continues to increase our borders, but we also need to pray that we remain faithful to the gospel. If we're going to put the gospel out there, we've got to remain faithful to the message. And we cannot step one inch away from the word of God and the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So today, right here in-house and across the world, I want us to concentrate on understanding why Jesus was born. I want every worshiper here that I might see you and those unseen to us, I want every worshiper to understand why Jesus was born. So let's go back to the concrete basement level of the Bible's truth. Let's hear the old account one more time. Take your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Go to verse 1. What I want you to do as we hear this old story once again is to get a seat on the island and forget about all the outdoor and outside activities and all of the meals and all of the get-togethers and let's just be together here in holiness today. I invite you to do that wherever you are in the world. And let's pray and praise and meditate on the greatest gift that has ever been given to the world. Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word and the age-old message of the gospel. In these 20 verses, there is an overwhelming collection of God's truth. It would take dozens and dozens of sermons to cover all of the truth that we see in 20 verses. But in these verses, we see the very heart and the very love of God for you and for me. No matter where you are in the world, God loves you. This, this message, this account is for you. We see the message of God overshadowing the Virgin Mary to plant his seed in her womb to bring forth a very holy and yet a very human son. A once in human history event. And then God lovingly calls Mary, the child's mother, and Joseph as father in an earthly sense to this baby to raise him in their own home. And amazingly, God then used a selfish plan of a tyrant ruler whose name was Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the Roman Empire, the greatest human being on earth as far as power goes. And Caesar Augustus established a census to increase his own tax base, demanding that all families return back to their home city. Joseph was of the house and the lineage of David, and so therefore Bethlehem was David's home city, so he was to go back with his family to the home city of Bethlehem with his espoused wife being great with child. Mary, at the end of her pregnancy, brings forth that child after a grueling 70 to 90 mile trip getting from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It was there that the baby Jesus was delivered. It's interesting to me that that trip was forced by law. Almost at the spur of the moment, Caesar Augustus puts together a law that drives everybody to their home cities so he can have a census. And yet, while a law of the world sent Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, the plan for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem was laid forth centuries and centuries before by God's own plan. 700 years before he was born, it tells us in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that Bethlehem would be the Savior's city of birth. So while a law forced them to Bethlehem, it was God's plan that brought them to Bethlehem. The amazing account of God's Word. Now, of course, you know the little city of Bethlehem was so crowded with this influx of people coming in that the town had no place for so many of the visitors except for bare essentials. Joseph and Mary found the bare essential of a barn. As we were talking in the vestibule earlier this morning, barns in that day were usually not constructed of wood, what we see in our minds, nor were mangers constructed of wood. Most of them were cut out of a cave, and a manger was a stone container. The God who inspired the greatest buildings of the world and the God who inspired the most comfortable beds of the world chose that his only begotten son would be born in a barn and laid in a feed trough. 
What an amazing truth of the humility of God and the humanity of Jesus. And the moment that the greatest human being who ever would be born came into the world, it was not announced to kings or to royalty, but rather it was announced to the commonest of people, shepherds. And you will note that their names are not listed here in the Bible. They were just shepherds. Everyday people like you and me. But here's the central question that I want to address on this Sunday before Christmas Day. Why did God go to all that trouble? Why did God plan and prophesy and implement such a humble arrival for His Son on this earth? Why was He not born in a palace? Why was He not laid in a comfortable bed? Why did He not have adoring people around Him at birth other than shepherds? It's really summed up in what the angels tell the shepherds out there in the field, the you's and me's out there in their field of work. Listen again, Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. This really is a centerpiece of this account. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. On the earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's a centerpiece statement of the entire account of the Christmas story. The key phrase that God wants to hear, us to hear is that He wants to bring this world peace. And He wants to extend goodwill toward every human being, man, woman, boy, and girl. God wants us to have His peace, His goodwill. That's the key to Christmas. That's the key to the message today. It's the central statement of God's eternal purpose. God extends His peace toward every single person. God's peace is extended to you and to me. However, with that statement that God extends His peace to the world, with that statement a problem arises. And the world has misinterpreted that verse of Scripture. And I want us today to straighten it out. To see exactly what God is telling us through this angelic chorus to the shepherds. That he wants the world to have peace and goodwill extended to every single person. You know, many people have said, God wants the world to have peace. And therefore, because of that, he wants us to get along. He wants us to love each other as nations. He wants us to hold hands and sing together. And he wants wars to cease, and he wants conflict to end. That's what God wants. So, because that's what God wants, he wants the world to have peace. This is what we're going to do. Here's our plan according to the development of the world. We'll put up lights and trees to bring people together. And we'll make movies like It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And all of those movies end with happiness and people getting along and all the conflict has been ceasing. Hallmark movies always end up with a Christmas kiss and peace all over the place. All ends well. Now listen, God does want 
this world to have peace. God does want wars to cease. God does want conflicts to end. But it will never come by people saying, let's make a plan. Let's make a movie. Let's set aside a holiday that will coordinate everybody on earth to be peaceful together. It will not work. And the reason it will not work is because the world is composed of sinners and people who are fickle and people who are fragile. And through humanity, true peace as our plan can never come to this world because sin will always intervene and mess it up. So here's God's true plan of peace and goodwill toward men and women and boys and girls through this Christmas scripture. God says, I will extend my peace and my goodwill by sending my one and only and begotten Son to people as their Savior. And he will come to this earth in a lowly manger and he will be raised by a humble family so that the poor as well as the rich can identify with him. Shepherds can identify with him and royalty may identify with him. And he is going to live a perfect sinless life as the Lamb of God and after 33 years on earth at the very prime of his life I want to remind you back in the sacrificial system in the Old Testament when a lamb was ready for slaughter as a sacrifice of sin, they took that lamb at the first year in the prime of its life. So the sacrificial lamb of God went to the cross in the prime of his life, 33 years old. I've always thought when I passed 33 that the rest of my life was a gift of God and every day was given to me by him. It's certainly true for every day of life, but... Especially in these latter years, I think of what a gift life is. But God says, at the end of the days of Jesus' earthly life, my son is going to die as the final sacrificial lamb for every single person on earth from the beginning of Adam and Eve to the last person who will be born before history culminates to its end. Jesus is going to die for every single person and every single sin on earth. He will be the sacrificial lamb. And through his sacrifice and through that cross, God says, I will give every single person on earth an invitation to come to my son in faith. And when any person comes to my only begotten son, Jesus, and asks forgiveness of sin and comes in repentance and sorrow for their sin... They will be forgiven and they will be saved for all eternity. And I will never break my promise of salvation to any single person who comes to me. And at the end of the days of life, I'm going to take them home to live with me. But the moment a boy or girl, man or woman, comes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there's where my peace begins. There's where my goodwill is extended to that person when they have come to receive and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So world peace can come. Many people have said, you know, the Scripture is wrong because 2,000 years ago 
It says we're going to have world peace, and yet it's never come, so Scripture is wrong. No, it is not. World peace can come, but only through one person at a time who comes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you really want Luke chapter 2, verse 14 to be fulfilled and to have its greatest meaning, say it like this, read it like this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward, put your name there. Because it's an individual invitation to peace and goodwill. Peace and goodwill to Mike Fitzgerald when he comes to my son, Jesus. Peace and goodwill, put your name there when you come to Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's where world peace begins. It's not our plan. My goodness, it is God's plan. What an amazing plan when you truly read the Christmas story and read the the life of Jesus Christ through the cross and the resurrection. It can only be a plan of God. No other person could come up with a plan like that. What a holy plan for us. God sent his son Jesus so you and I could have true and perfect peace in our life. That is the gift of Christmas. And that is true peace in the world. That's the meaning that God Almighty wants every person to understand when we visualize a baby in a manger. From that manger will come the Lamb of God who will give his life that we might have peace individually. Clifford Baptist Church. We are blessed beyond measure to proclaim that message at Christmas. Amen? We are blessed beyond measure that the message doesn't end in these walls, but it goes out to the world. And it's being heard in the United States as well as other nations of the world, and God has increased our borders. So as I bring this Christmas sermon to its point, I want to ask every single person who's listening to me this moment, I want to ask you one solitary question and it doesn't matter if you're here in person or somewhere in Virginia or somewhere in the United States or somewhere else in the world I'm asking you one single solitary question do you have peace do you have peace in your heart do you have the peace of God is the Savior who came to the manger bed living in your heart now has he found a residence in you as your Lord, as your Savior, as your God? Have you accepted God's peace? Have you accepted God's will toward you by accepting His Son, Jesus? There's only one way to peace and one way to God's goodwill, and that is through Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. That is the message of the Bible. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior... I have something that I want to lead you through on this Sunday before Christmas. And I'm asking every believer who is here listening and every believer who is online and every believer who is out there on an FM signal, I want you to pray for this message right now. I want you to pray for the lost people who are going to hear this message right now. If you do not have the peace of God in your heart and you've never accepted his goodwill toward you through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to lead you through four steps of Scripture And all of it comes from the book of Romans. You might want to write down these passages, just write down the reference. You can look them up later to reread them. Believers, this is the way you can relate the plan of salvation to someone. But if you've never been saved, listen to these four verses. First verse of Scripture is Romans 3.23. 
for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person thinks, says, and does things that are opposed to the holiness of God. It started with Adam and Eve, and it continues right through me and you. All of us sin, falling short of the glory of God. You really cannot be saved through Jesus Christ until you admit, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. And yes, Lord, I am sorry for my sin. The biblical word is, I repent of my sin. I come to you in sorrow for my sin. You can't be saved until you're first sorry that you have created this break in the relationship between you and a holy God. The second point of Scripture is Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages, the payment of a life of unforgiven sin before God, never asking Jesus to come into your heart, is separation from Him. Separation in death. Separation in hell. Separation for eternity in a Christless life. Life will always go on. All of us will have eternal life. The question is, where will you spend it? Today, if you reject him throughout all of your life, he's going to allow you to reject him for all eternity in hell. He doesn't send one person to hell. He allows you to make your choice. And he will honor your choice. But, but... There is a gift, and it's meant for every single person on earth. What an appropriate word at Christmas, a free gift to give you, and that is unconditional, grace-filled, eternal forgiveness and life and peace and goodwill through Jesus, his Son. It is a gift that is offered to every human being regardless of the shade of your skin, regardless of the nation of your birth or where you live, regardless if you are rich or poor, regardless of the amount of sin in your background, whoever you are, wherever you are in life, this gift is offered to you today. If you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, He wants you to have life, and He wants you to have peace. Third scripture, Romans 5.8 But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God purchased the free gift of forgiveness for you and me by Jesus taking our sin, our personal sin, to his own cross. It was a high price that God paid so you and I could have a free gift. Jesus bore our sin to his cross. Every single sin you or I have ever committed, he took it to his cross so we could be forgiven. Last verse, how do you receive it? We know this. We know we're sinners. Without Jesus, we're going to have a Christless eternity. But there's a free gift that he wants to give us. How do you receive the gift? Romans 10, 9. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Notice it doesn't say probably, thou probably will be saved. You may be saved. It's a good chance you'll be saved. It says you will, you shall be saved. It is a promise, unbreakable, made by the God of the universe. If you confess with your mouth, it means you publicly declare Jesus as your Savior. You can't, you can't be a closet Christian. You declare with your mouth Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you deeply, deeply in your heart believe and know that He has taken up residence in you. You receive Him as your Lord, and you receive Him as your Savior. And the way you know that is because it changes your life. When you come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can't be the old person you were. It changes your life. That's the evidence that he lives in your heart. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Yes, he went to the cross and he also walked from a tomb that we might have life and peace and goodwill in our lives. Do you need to pray that prayer today? Whoever you are here Online, do you need to pray the prayer of receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior? Brothers and sisters, right here in the room, online, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, pray for the lost today as they pray this prayer with me. Bow your heads. Believers, whisper a prayer right now. If you've never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, on this Sunday before Christmas, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, this moment I know you love me even though I have sinned against you you love me I'm sorry for my sin and I believe Jesus went to the cross the perfect son of God and died in my place that I might have peace and forgiveness today Lord Jesus I open my heart to you I ask you to forgive me of sin the sins of my past, the sins of today, and even the sins of tomorrow, forgive me. I'm asking you to come in as my Savior and my Lord, and I will love you and worship you and serve you. And one day, you will take me home to live with you forever. Thank you for this free gift, my Lord and my God. Amen. If you sincerely, wherever you are, prayed that prayer with me this day in all truthfulness, this Christmas you have been given the greatest gift of eternity. The gift of salvation and eternal life. Praise God for you. Friends, I want you to understand that this here, and all of our collection of believers who are listening today, this is the world at peace. This is what the world at peace looks like where we're joined together by the love of God living in our hearts. And if you've made that decision today, you're joining the church, the congregation of the saved, those who are believers, we would love to know that you made that decision and prayed that prayer. Send us a message. Let us know if you're away from here. Send it to cliffordbaptist.org. We'd love to know that you prayed that prayer with me today. If you are in the house today, make it public. Come to this altar and say, I want to profess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior.
Clifford Baptist Church, we have offered the greatest Christmas gift of love that the world needs today. But it doesn't just get offered on Christmas. It's offered all year long to every person who will hear. Pray for God to take that message to hearts and to souls. Pray for the miracle of many, many being saved. Jesus teaches us that we're to preach the gospel until he comes for us. And we're not to waver from that good news of a risen Savior. It is throughout the year. So here's the truth. If one, if only one is saved today, the world is one step closer to world peace. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.